Well, um, <clears throat> we've covered a number of different things over the last few months, but we were in a series called Transformed into His Image, and we picked that up last week. And we talked about getting to know the Father, knowing God is our Father in that. And, um, you know, we didn't get through everything that I wanted to cover there. And just, you know, as we were getting done, I knew that we were going to pick this up this week. And so uh, we're going to do that. We'll recap some of the things that we went over last week and then cover some more. So 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Notice that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Notice it doesn't say bondage. Notice it doesn't say fear. So that'll help you right there. That's not what I'm teaching on tonight, but God's Spirit doesn't produce bondage doesn't produce fear, doesn't produce condemnation, doesn't produce a heaviness. That's not the Spirit of God. Religion will do that. People will do that. A misunderstanding of the Word will do that. You know Satan quotes Scripture. Satan has no problem using the Bible to beat you up. He's, there's nothing that's off limits when you're evil. You're going to use whatever tool you can to try to get done whatever your devices are. You know, a con man, he doesn't have any problem quoting whatever you want to hear to try to make you believe the wrong thing. He'll quote, a con man will quote the Bible, he'll quote your wife, or he'll quote a friend, or he'll quote some, somebody else you trust. What? He's trying to get in there. Well, Satan does the same thing. He'll quote the Bible trying to get an inroads into your life, into my life, Put, put you in bondage, put me in bondage, and he'll masquerade as an angel of light and tell you that it's God that's doing that to you, because if you're really holy, you know, then you'll, you'll be serious, and you know, this is a serious thing on the earth, and we got to, you know, there's no time for laughing, no time for joy, no time for liberty. No, you got to be heavy, you got to be serious. That's nonsense. God is not uptight and He's not concerned. Over, he's not worried about anything. He already knows the end from the beginning. He has all power. He knows the, how to get through any situation, and we're His children, so we ought to act like Him. And He is never a prune face, you know, just, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, no, religious people are like that. But God's not like that. And we're not really off topic because we're talking about knowing our Father. If He's our Father, we ought to act like the Father. That'll help you. That, that'll be a lie detector in your life. When you start feeling something like, you know, something's trying to make you uptight or serious or, I mean, I'm not talking about, we, we are serious about the things of God, but th you can be serious about something and still have fun. You don't have to be an uptight person and trying to put everybody else. That's what the Pharisees did. They put other people under bondage, and they were under bondage themselves. Themselves, You know, religion will do that. Satan will do that to you. So he'll quote Scripture trying to get you to believe something so that he can put bondage over you. And, you, and if we're unknowing, we'll think it's God. 
and then people are more apt to take it that way. Well, it's God. I mean, that is true. That is a scripture. Uh, it might be truly quoted, but it can be misapplied. You can quote any number of things out of context, and it's wrong as can be, but you said it right, and this will help you too. There are things in the Bible that are rightly recorded, but they're not true. They don't, they don't, they don't correspond, they don't jive with the rest of Scripture. People quote Job's friends, say, well, it's in the Bible. Yeah, and God rebuked them. Did you read the rest of the book? They said a whole bunch of stuff, and at the end, God is like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. So they, what they said was recorded, right? But what they said was wrong. You don't just pick and choose stuff and what the Bible says. Yeah, and what does the rest of the Bible say? Because that's how people get off into a ditch. Satan knows this, so that's why, you know, if you read a whole, you read somebody's best-selling book and it's got two and a half scriptures in it, and the rest of it's just a bunch of opinion, maybe we shouldn't take that hook, line, and sinker and run with it. I don't care how many copies it sold. I don't care who wrote it. We don't follow men. We follow the Bible. We follow God. And that's how people get off into air. Well, it sounds good. Yeah, there's a lot of things that sound good. But they're not God. So it says, now the Spirit of the, now where uh, the Lord is a Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So wherever He is, wherever He's manifest, wherever His truth is clear, there is liberty. And, you know, I've experienced this more than once in my life. You can be under pressure. You can start to get heavy in the things of God. And, you know, your, your heart is sincere. You want to do what He wants you to do, and you're running. But you can start getting weighted down, and it becomes drudgery, and it becomes uh, lifeless and hard. And that's a sure sign we're not looking at the right thing, and we're buying lies because this is not God. And then... When you get some truth and you get your mind on the right thing or you, you, you're talking about to a trusted friend or somebody and, you know, the, the word of the Lord comes through and you, you see Scripture and point to Scripture, oh, even though you know it, there is a freedom and a weight that lifts off. That's part, I mean, you can, you can receive that from any believer, but that's part of the pastoral gift, that's part of the fivefold giftings. I can't tell you how many times when I when I was uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, talking uh, with our pastor there, or you know, I, there's been times I've talked to people that stand in those offices or that minister, uh, just talking that you know you're just talking about something, and just a peace comes on through the words they're saying, and it just lifts. That's God. That's the Lord. That's His Spirit. God, when God's Spirit comes on the scene, there isn't chaos, there isn't drudgery, there isn't bondage, there's not heaviness. You know, all of a sudden, well, God's here, and everybody tightens up. That's religion. Now, there can be a holy awe, there can be a holy hush, but it's not a tightness, it's not a fear. That's not the Lord. When you sense the presence of the Lord, it's peace. I'm talking for His people when your heart is right. Now, you don't want to be on the wrong side of God. There is judgment. Ananias and Sapphira, New Testament, okay? It's not Old Testament. 
they were lying to God. Okay, just don't do that. And you don't have to worry about it. He's not, God is not, when you're a child of God and you're coming to Him, uh, there is peace and there's nothing but goodness. But Satan will try to convince you, even though your heart is right, you're coming to God, well, you're the one of the ones that's out of line. And one of his, Satan's uh, tactics is to get the person that's sincere about God and loving God and beat on them and make them feel like they're the ones that aren't serving God and just make it a drudgery, even though God is well pleased. So don't buy that. Anytime you feel a tightness, you feel uh, just a, a heaviness, you feel bondage, you feel fear, just know that's not God. And just boldly say, that's not God. You just boldly, because Satan will be like, oh, no, no. I mean, and it might not be. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm not talking about words. I'm just talking about oppression. You try to push it off, and if you're not bold about it, it'll try to stay there and come back. Well, you know you should. You know you should. We need to get bold and say, that's not God. God is good, and stand up in our righteousness and stand up in who we are and know He's our Father and know He is where He is. There's liberty, and that's not liberty. Therefore, it's not God. Get out of here. And walk in it boldly. Get, get sassy about it. Get bold. Because Satan, as long as you're timid, as long as you're, well, I tried it, it just comes back. Yeah, he'll come back, and he'll come back, and he'll come back, and if you yield, he's got you. Well, just, I tried, it just won't stop. It will never stop unless we put a stop to it. Satan's not going to go, oh, well, I guess they've had enough, I'll walk away. No, he'll kill you. He'll destroy you. He won't stop. He's a killer. He's evil. He's not merciful. Don't expect Satan to back off. He won't back off. He won't stop impersonating God. What you need to do is stand up and say, I see you are a liar. I see this is you. I might have took it before, but I see in the word, this is not you. Now get out. And if he tries to come back, I said, get out. You don't have to have a long conversation. Amen. Praise God. The verse 18. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18, same uh, second verse in the Amplified says, And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory. So we're transformed. We're continually getting stronger. We're continually growing further in the things of God. You put it this way, in other words, what, what, what pushed you around last year doesn't push you around now. And you, you're, you just aren't put, you get to the point where you just aren't pushed around. You might be pushed, you might be challenged, but you don't take stuff off the enemy. You know you're getting mature. 
You don't get distracted by fads. You don't get distracted by tangents. You don't get distracted when somebody is trying to sell something that's half-baked. No, you've, you, you are more mature than that. You've grown up, and so you're being transformed into his image. You imagine Jesus. He didn't go around just, you know, seeing what everybody had to say and just going from all, all over the place and upset. No, Jesus just walked right through steady. The, the stronger we are, the more transformed, the more like Him we are, the more that's how we're going to act. Just not easily moved. Not easily impressed with stuff either. Not easily impressed with the bright and shiny and flashy. Because it all just keeps coming around. And you say, yeah, okay, what does the Word say? More like Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We ought to be more and more like that. Of course, we're not God. Our life, our, our bodies are changing, but we ought to just get more and more like, yep, yeah, you know them. They're solid. Now, same, same today, same tomorrow, steady. That's godly. Being steady is godly. Being dependable is godly. Being trustworthy is godly. And, of course, all the opposites are not godly. Getting excited and going off and then not keeping your word, you know, saying you're going to do all these things and not keeping your word, that's not godly. Being deceptive is completely ungodly. There is no, God, there is no darkness in, in the Lord, period. He doesn't even hint at anything that is a falsehood, ever. We've got to watch about joking like we're not telling the truth. There's a joke, but then there's deceiving. Don't even mess with that. You don't ever want it to be like, well, I don't know. We don't want to give a hint of falsehood in our testimony. Say something and like, well, I don't know they said this, but you, know, you never really can tell. No, that's, a, that's one of the worst testimonies you can have because that's like the devil. So the more godly we are, the more... Uh, we're going to act like Jesus in His image, and this is a gradual process like we've talked about. Uh, Matthew 6, 25, we read this last week. We're going to go over this passage of Scripture again and then go into some other things. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Your heavenly Father feeds them. He takes care of the birds. Then he says, are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 
So Jesus said, uh, talking about the birds, your heavenly Father feeds them, and you're of more value than the birds. Verse 32, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Our heavenly Father is our Father, and He knows what we need. Sometimes we act like He doesn't know. Don't you see me? I'm here. I need this. Don't you see? We, but the more we get to know the Father through the Word, the more we get to fellowship with Him, the more we see His character, the more we can trust Him, and then we can be at peace and understand that He is our Father, and He will perform the Father's part, and He will take care of us, and He is always constant, and so we don't need to flail around, and we don't need to worry, and we can be more settled. We can be more steadied, then we'll be more mature. We'll grow because we're secure in His love. That will cause us to grow because we're secure in Him. It's not something that you're drumming up. You just know Him, which causes you to be settled, and you, and you me, a person to be settled, uh, us to be um, steady, to be at peace, because, you know, think about it. The things that get us out of peace, if we're out of peace, we're not looking to Him. We're not really, we may be looking to Him in a part, but we're not expecting Him to do what He said He's going to do. Otherwise, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be out of peace. If we're really in faith, if, and I'm talking about if we're really trusting Him and because we believe something, then we're not upset. Well, the less upset you are, the more stable you are. The more stable, you're more mature. Kids can be all over the place. They get upset, you know, you know, left and right, excited one time, and then they're sad or whatever. Teenagers can be all over the place, you know, crying one minute and so happy the next and whatever. But as we mature, we ought to be more steady just in the natural. Well, Christians, we ought to be more steady. We ought not just to go all over the place. Well, as we're, we know the Father and know His character, look at His character, become more like His character, are, are settled by that love, we'll be stronger, we'll be more mature, and we'll be more of a blessing and more effective on the earth because we're acting like Him. We need to grow by becoming acquainted with our Heavenly Father, and you do that through the Word. Brother Hagin said this, uh, There is no truth in all the Bible as far-reaching as the blessed fact that we have been born again and come into the family of God. God the Father is our Father, and He cares for us. He's our Father, and He cares for us. God, the Creator of the universe... He cares for you and me. He knows us and He cares for us. Now, we can, we can have intellectual knowledge about that. Oh, the Father, you know, I, I'm coming to church and I know that. But then we go right out and we can act like it's not true. Or we can really come up in the knowledge of the Father and act like that's true and it affect every part of our being and every part of our life, permeate our lives to where we are walking in the love of the Father, know He's our Father, actually walk with the knowledge that the King of the universe is our Father. We act like it so the storms of life don't push us around because we know the Father. We know Him, and it's more than intellectual knowledge. We trust Him. We believe that He's the Father. We believe that He's true, and so it affects every part of our being, every part of our life, at our job, at our home, with our children, with our spouse, in our finances, in our health, because we know the Father. You see how that's stabilizing, how that's maturing? 
And that's available to every person. That's not for a special few, thank God. Because I don't think any of us would make the cut. It's only for a special few. How you know you're the few? Some people may look like it's that, that they're walking or they're, that, that it's for them more. That's only because they may be walking in it more. They may have taken a hold of it, trusted, and they're walking as if it's true. But that's available for every one of us. We're looking at the Word, and these scriptures are, are food for our spirit. And as we look at it and meditate and renew our minds with them, these, can be, these truths can permeate us to where they affect our lives and we walk in them the way God has ordained that we do. But it's up to us to say, yes, I believe that. I believe that more than what's in the earth. I believe that more than what I see or feel. That, that, that's how then we're growing because we're letting those uh, Bible-based, Bible-formed beliefs dictate what we say, what we do, what we act on, what we think on. Smith Wigglesworth said, I can't understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father by what the Word says about Him. He is everything the Word says He is. Get acquainted with the Father through the Word. That's how we know God. Not by our feelings, not by goosebumps, not by experiences. It's by what the Word says. That's why we look to the Word. We look to the Word, we say that's, what, that's who He is. Not because I feel He's that way, but that's what He said. He doesn't lie, so that's who He is. I'm going to act like that's who He is, and I'm going to relate to Him based on who He said He is, and then we get to know Him. And then you can experience who He said He is. First Peter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, Desire the pure milk of the word that you may, what, grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Desire the pure milk of the word. As we hear the word on any subject, it causes us to grow. Well, as we hear the word on God, the Father, get to know Him as our Father, get acquainted with Him through the word, it causes us to grow. We read some of these before. I'm just going over some of these scriptures. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, ask and, this is Jesus speaking, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? He's saying, if you know you being evil or natural, in other words, you're a natural person, and you, this is Jesus speaking, you, talking to the people that He's speaking to, you know how to give good gifts to your children. In other words, you know what would bless them. You know how to take care of them. He said, how much will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? In other words, if you as a person know what needs to happen, how much more the Father knows that? Sometimes we act like He doesn't, though. we got to explain it to Him. He's not going to do it. If we don't, and if we don't worry about it, it's not going to happen. Worrying is not going to do anything. Like one person says, worry, worry is just going to take 
strength away from tomorrow. Worry does not, nothing to change today. And so if you're worrying about what is today, see, there's strength sufficient for today. But if you worry about tomorrow, all you're doing is using up your strength that you need for today and you've done nothing for tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, you, you're going to need strength for it. But worrying today has just used up the strength that you did need today, so you can't face today. So worry is a waste of time. It's worse than a waste of time. And worry dissipates as we know our Father. The more mature we are spiritually, the less we're going to worry because we know Him. We know the Father. Jesus said uh, in John 17, 23, I am them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That, Jesus, that God the Father loves us as He loves Jesus. Some of you say, well, I don't know if God loves me. He loves you like He loves Jesus. So ask yourself the question, does He love Jesus? Does He love His Son? Yes, He does. Well, He loves you the same way. Because He gave His Son for you and me. How do you get to know the Father? Through His Word. So, what, so you say, I don't feel like He loves me. That's not how you get to know God. We need to put our feelings about it aside and say, Jesus said that God loves me the same way as God the Father loves Jesus Himself. So He does. And so I'm going to act like that's true. How would I act if I knew that God loved me as much as Jesus? I would feel at peace and love. So that's the way I'm going to act. And when we act like that, peace will come. But we say, well, I just don't feel it. Yeah, I'm waiting to feel it. Then I'll believe it. Your feelings, my feelings, are very bad indicators of truth. I might have felt like, you know what, on Saturday night, we're just going to get two inches of snow. I can just feel it. Wouldn't change the fact that we got 15. I can feel like it. I just, I just feel like not going to happen. Doesn't matter. I can feel like, you know, I'm not going to name any teams, but whatever. I feel like so and so, they were going to win. They're going to have a great season. Didn't. You know, depending on it, then doesn't doesn't change reality. So how do we know the Father? How do we get to know by what the Word says? So, if you ever have the thought, well, I don't know if God loves me. John seventeen twenty three. Jesus said, "The Father loves me the same way He loves Jesus." Thank God you love me just like Jesus. Woo! I'm gonna enjoy that today. In John sixteen thirty two. Jesus said, indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. He knew who his Father was, and he said, even though everybody leaves me and you're scattered, I'm not alone. Well, if he's going by what he saw, he is alone. But he said, but I'm not alone because I know the Father and I know he loves me. So I'm not alone. Could we do the same thing? Well, it looks like I'm all alone. We could go by the Word and say, but I'm not alone. That's how we get to know God. And if we act like that's true, that's how we experience it. Now, if we sit there and wait to feel like it's true before we act like it's true, 
we could just be waiting. We're like, why? Why didn't God do anything? God did do something, and He wrote about it and put it in His Word. And for us to grow and for it to start working in our life, we need to act like it's true before we feel anything. If I waited till I felt like my car was going to start every time I went out there, it has nothing to do with my, how I felt. If I just go in and push the button or turn, turn the key, that's how I'm going to get a result. John 16, 27 says, For the Father, him, this is Jesus, for the Father himself loves you. Talking to his disciples applies to us. We're born again. We've trusted God. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. God for the Father Himself loves you. So you can, these are scriptures, you, if, if we have a, uh, you know, we're having trouble believing these things, these are scriptures we ought to print out or we ought to write down and we ought to put it in your phone in, in a document or notes or whatever or take a screenshot and look, when you have those thoughts, we look at this and say, the Father Himself loves you. So that means the Father loves me. I'm going to act like He loves me. He loves me. Well, I don't feel, your thoughts says, I don't feel like He loves me. I, I don't matter. God said He loves me. Jesus said He loves me. And we need to get stuff straight in our head if we're going to seriously act like we believe Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for us. And yes, I believe on all this, quote unquote, but then I'm going to act like what He said isn't true. I'm calling Him a liar, whether I know it or not. And if we would really, if we really believe who He is, then when He says something, we say, well, that's it. He said it, so that settles it. He loves me. God the Father loves me. I'm not entertaining anything else. Like we said at the beginning, the devil come in. He'll try to hit you left and right. That's the devil. The Word of God, what we're reading is truth, and we need to let that truth dominate, and we need to use that as a sword, like the Bible said. Offensively, if stuff comes at us, we use the Word as a truth to put the, the devil on the run and say it. No, when you ever have a thought, God doesn't love me or any of these things, no, we quote the Scripture. No, God uh, loves me. The Father Himself loves me. He loves me. And we act like it. And we go through life like it. And we drive down the road like it. We go into the store like it. And somebody says something to us we don't like. Well, God loves me. King of the universe loves me. So have a nice day. I'm going on. If, you, if we really believe that, we don't let somebody's opinion of us throw us off because, I mean, we, ought, we like people to like us, but if the king of the universe, the, our father loves me and I know that, then it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And that attitude will change the way we act, will change the way we talk and walk, will change the way we interact, and that, that's attractive. That is going to repel people because what are they seeing? They're seeing God in us. They're seeing the love of God in us. We're, they're seeing an, a stability that can't be just pushed away, you know, because the world, you, you know, you do something to the world and do the wrong thing, and they're like, oh, forget you, I'm going away. But if we're just steady, constant, we're not talking about taking stuff that you shouldn't, but we're also talking about having a thick skin. God's not touchy. 
Ooh, you're my feelings. I'm out of here. Imagine if he was like that. Jesus is bleeding, dying on the cross when these people did this to them, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We have no idea what he was even dealing with at that point. Physically, of course, spiritually. God the Father is turning his back on his son for us. And Jesus did it willingly. We, have, we can't really comprehend that. But so when we're going through life, we know God the Father loves us. Eh. Okay, so you, you, you know, somebody thinks you know, you're not doing something so hard or I'm not doing something so hard. Okay, well, whatever, I'll go on. I, I know the Father, and so I can love people. And then so many things in the Bible, the Scriptures, they just take on new meaning, new depth, new power when we understand who our Father is and how He relates to us. We'll just read a few scriptures. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. These are familiar, but, but read them. we read them in light of the fact that God's our Father and what this is saying about us and about His relationship to us. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Who? He, your Father, He cares for you. So you cast your care on Him. Why? Because the Father cares for us. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully because He's your Father. So that means that's why you can throw all your anxiety on Him because He's looking at you. He cares about you. It says affectionately and cares about you watchfully because He's your Father. So He hasn't forgotten, so these worries will dissipate. The Bible tells us, cast them on Him. Why? Because the Father cares about you. If we believe that and act on it and take it as truth of how our Father relates to us, then we can do that. Now, if we just don't, we don't realize who Father is and we're just trying to get rid of worry and stuff, that's just like what the world does. And it, you can try and try and try and try and it just sticks to you. But if we understand who the Father is and let the Word start... Uh, dominating us and being how we uh, react is based on the word. Now worry just will start dissipating naturally. What do I have to worry about? God, the father is my father. And I've just read, he loves me. He cares for me that he loves me just like Jesus. So what, what do I got to be worried about that? He said, he, he's already seen a hen take, he's made provision for what I need because he's a good father. He's watching me. If he cares for me affectionately and cares about me watchfully, well, you don't do that and then just don't take care of the person. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Uh, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord. We're saying, you know, the Lord is my... The David's writing this. David did not have the relationship with the Father that we do through Jesus. David wasn't born again. Yet David is saying, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Who shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Well, we can say, I know God the Father through Jesus, and He loves me, and so I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be afraid of anyone, anything. He's my strength. He is my God, and He loves me, and so I can meet the challenges of life boldly, strongly. Hebrews 13 uh, 6 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, who? who? Our Father. Who, who's with us all the time? Our Father. Who's the Father? God Almighty. Not just out there God, but He's our Father. And if He's always with me, well then, sheds new light on my path. Sheds new light on any situation. He's with me. I can go. He, he, I, he, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God said, He will never leave me nor forsake you. This is the same God that loves me like Jesus, just like G He loves Jesus. This is the same God that, that, said, that Jesus said, the Father Himself loves you. This is the same God that the Bible said to cast all your care on Him because He cares for you affectionately and about you watchfully. And He never leaves me. So right now in the middle of whatever, then I can, I can face it. Well, I'm steady. I'm more secure. I'm stable. I'm strong. I'm walking like Him, and I can be a victor over the circumstances of life, and part of that's going to happen as I grow in the knowledge of God the Father and act like it's true in my life for me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up. He's so good to us. He loves us. You know, if we know what love is, we know what it looks like for a father to love, how much more the one that created all good, that he created that in us, that we could recognize it, that we'd want it, well, that's his very heart for him to shed, just to pour that out on us. Thank you, Lord.